FMX Network Production. You cast me, complete me till death do us part. What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. This is Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry, where each week, myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky in that week's Pulp MX Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motosport.com. I appreciate all the help and support from those great companies, so please use them and support them. Also, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or critiques by emailing me, darkside at pulpmx.com. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Oh, it's it's amazing. I can't believe I'm back so early. The man with a shocking revelation. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right before showtime, I feel energetic. Yeah. I feel alive. Coursing through my veins. Ah. My testosterone mm-hmm. is on the low side. Let's... I am going to be ripped. <laughs> I hope Pookie talks back to me even <laughs> one second. What other friend would let you pull down your pants and shoot you in the ass? He is like a runway model for me. Like, it's sexy. He know he can win. Leopard seal. No, I think he was a serial killer. You know, Malcolm owes him one. Dude, you're going to send it into the net. I've been late like a motherfucker. Chase is like Giselle Bunchen, the runway model that's perfect, right? And then you, you go home with Giselle and she farts. And you're like, that's you not supposed to write this in your column? Yeah. Creed. No. Oh. All right, Kitchens. I could care less if Mike Genova likes my take on Vince Freeze's and he can go fuck himself. It's not fun for me to talk about these damn things. It's not like I want to get sick. You're a weird individual, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I agree, because I want him to ride me hard, just like how I would, you know, do it to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes I literally go from freaking first to 12th. How is that? Like, that is not normal. You know what I mean? Like, do yeah. you think I do that because, oh, man, I just had an off day. I felt great, but, hey, I just didn't write that great. It's not beat beat down, but, I mean, I've had some work done to it. Do you like when Paige is in your ass? Like, Christian you still know, is active in the kids' well, I'm sure lives. He is active. Know. I'm sure he knows their names well, and we're stuff. Talking, just like... We're talking like he's not on the phone, right? All right, so we got Nick and we got Trent from Moto Limited here. I don't know why they limit Moto, but they do limit Moto. They're not unlimited Moto. It has a limiter? It has a limiter. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to have a limiter? Because you want to blow it up. I don't have the balls to get a tattoo. Stand up and you say, Dark Side from the Moto X Pacho. Do you say that? Yes. Okay. Oh, my God. Well, missing practice to talk to a monster chick and right. head nodding is alarming. They barely speak English. A lot okay. of people call me dickhead, but I don't go by that. Okay, the two cunts in the studio there. Pony Eve's going to be a lot of emotions yeah. for me. Yeah, I'd cut my dick off for a free dirt bike. No, I just wanted to shave my balls, dude. And Adam's just over there slapping his fucking willy around in the trailer, just hanging out. The dig dug buying nachos fucking 40 minutes before opening ceremony. Everything you got. Everything you got. How do you have my list? M- I don't even know what my list is. But so how often it, do you trim your shit? It's a quarterly thing, Steve. Quarterly? <laughs> quarterly thing. Hey, we'll get, we'll get Sean Brennan to give it a credential. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Fel will give the pony a credential. <laughs> It'll go to the races. He carried it okay. And put it, get him in the post race conference yeah, and stand up. Like, yeah. Okay, I'm pony. <laughs> oh How would the pony tour? What um, mm. Yes, sir. Uh, have a question, yes. <laughs> all right, we are back with an all new Pulp MX wrap up show. 
I apologize about last week. I know Steve gave me a lot of shit, but look, I was trying to get to A1, and I just didn't have the time to do it. You know, that's just the way it goes. I had to, I had to grind. I had to grind. I had to get out there so I could see these boys race. But we are back, and we're going to make up for tonight. So as you guys know, I'm SoCal Darkside from the Moto X Pod Show, or Jamie from Racer X, whichever you prefer. <clears throat> Logan can't stop coughing back there. We're clearing us up, but that's all right. We're, we're about to get into show 488. So let's introduce my guest. And first up, from Team MotoZone, Kawasaki, brought to you by Seal Savers. It's the guy with the scratchy throat, Logan Carnell. What's up, Jamie? How's it going? Jeez, I don't know if I, I, it sounds so weird. Like I hear it all day long when I'm at work, but doing a podcast, it sounds really weird. Uh, we're going to get into all that, but uh, Logan, before we get into our other guest, A1, eighth in the heat, finished 18th in the main. Uh, I mean, look, all in all, not a bad night, right? It was a crazy track, a lot of uh, carnage throughout the night. I feel like you got to be pretty happy just getting out there, getting in the main and getting out of there safe. Yeah, I mean, overall, I guess I, I would say I was happy. Um, I, I just, I didn't feel like I rode very good all day. Never felt good in practice. Felt racy in the heat race uh, with the red flag. I made my way up to ninth, was about to pass the race, and the red flag came out, and I was like, fuck, like, here we go. <clears throat> uh, but I got another, like, mediocre start and got into eighth and just kind of settled in and just rode it in for eighth pretty easily and main event. I just, I just pumped up, dude. It happens the first, first round every year, man. Like, okay. I always get pretty bad arm pump at the first round every year, but uh, yeah, we'll put it behind us and come out stronger in Oakland. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Oakland. But before we get into the rest of the episode, and I'm, I'll have questions for you, Logan, about the track and the conditions and all that good stuff as we get into this podcast. And uh, but also on the line, also from Moto Zone Kawasaki, brought to you by Guts Racing, Travis Del Nicky. What's up, Travis? What's going on, Mr. Side? Mr. How's Side. It going? Man, I got a lot of names right now. Like, is that good or bad that there's so many ways to refer to me at this point? I think it's a good thing. All right, I'll, I'll go with that. I, I mean, like, yeah. for, for the show purposes, it's a great thing. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of entertainment. We're going to get to that segment. Obviously, there's always a lot of entertainment out of them making fun of me. Yeehaw. <laughs> but we're, let's talk about the show this week, though. Uh, Chris Kiefer in studio along with my Aussie cunts from Moto Limited, Nick and Trent, Nick Steele, Trent Marr. Uh, they, they made it over for A1. They got to sit in. They're huge fans. It was a big deal for those guys. We're going to talk about them. On the phone, we had Christian Craig, the 250 winner. We had Levi Kitchen. And, of course, a very, very fired up Ken Roxon. Chris Betts comes on. And even a, a cold call to Seth Rowe. Uh, Travis, first off, man, just overall thoughts on the show. It's a first show back to racing, you know, not a lot of filler like we've had in the past few months. A lot of good content. What'd you think, man? Yeah, I thought it was a great show. Um, Steve always does a good job of usually getting on the winners of a one and stuff like that. So it's always good to hear from those guys and, um, having Kiefer in studio is for me, I, it's a, it's a, no loose scenario. I love Kiefer, man. He is awesome. I, I love having Kiefer on. So um, I get excited every time he's on. And yeah, there are some good guests. And, um, you know, I don't, Kenny, Kenny doesn't come on very often, but um, I really enjoy listening to what he has to say. And I'm, I'm a huge Kenny fan in general. So yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good lineup and good co-hosts and yeah, the motor limited guys too on there. And 
I've only heard, you know, I've only listened to them, you know, here and there, but they do a good job. And um, yeah, overall, I, I love the show, you know, this week. Yeah, you made a couple points. Chris Kiefer being a favorite co-host of yours, and he he used to be mine, but I, I drew the line this weekend with the <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. But uh, the, the other thing was the Kenny thing that you talked about. He doesn't do a lot of podcasts, and you're right. He usually doesn't. There was a really great comment on the YouTube chat that like, oh, Kenny's getting his one and only podcast out of the year, out of the way early this year. Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. But uh, Logan, your thoughts, man? Was the show did it disappoint at all, or what, did it hit all the marks? You guys can hear me, right? Yep. Okay, cool. Um, no, I think overall it was a good show. Um, I like the two Aussie guys. I think they do a really good job, the guys at the Moto Limited show. Um, I think they're really smart. And uh, Kiefer, definitely my favorite favorite uh, in guest, in, in show studio. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think overall it was a good show. It was. And those and, guys, uh, yeah, Nick and Trent, man, they were so stoked. Like I said, and they're actually they're they're getting to stay for Oakland. That they just texted me a little bit ago. They're going to stay another week. So those guys are making the most out of this trip. I think they're probably going to sit in Schmain Event Shmoto, uh this next weekend. So the man they're they were at that Kawasaki test track yesterday. Those guys are making their rounds, making their presence. So it's really great to see that. And we'll get into them. Uh, what I want to do though is start with just some basic A one thoughts. There was a lot of talk. Uh, obviously, Kenny won, uh, and the overall opinion though was that. Chase Sexton was faster. Steve asked Chris Kiefer and even brought it up to Kenny a little bit later. And it, it wasn't, um, you know, if it wasn't Kenny, would Chase have run it in there? That was sort of a, a general question. Let's hear. Look, I thought Sexton was probably a little faster than him. Mm-hmm. Sexton caught him a couple points. Kenny rode smart. Kenny rode really smart. And, and I wonder, I'm going to ask him about this. If that's not Sexton behind him, mm-hmm. Do things go a little bit different? Do they both respect the teammate thing and it allows Kenny to to kind of ride a little different because he doesn't worry about – he's like, hey, this dude's not going to slam me. I wonder. Sexton ran him in hard, though, a couple times. A couple times? Yeah. To me, I agree with you. Sexton had some better lines. Uh, You can tell he was opening up his corners a little bit more. Roxanne was protecting him. But what you can see from Sexton, as beautiful as Chase is to watch ride, and he is like a runway model for me. Like, it's sexy. Uh, I want to smoke a cigarette after I watch him ride. (laughs) But he looked like, and he knew he was faster, and he wanted to go. So I think that kind of put some pressure on him to try to pass early so he could take off. And if he would have relaxed a little bit, because they had a four-second gap. Chill down. Yep, chill down a little bit. Follow Kenny, because you know how good Kenny is at A1. Um, I still feel like we talked about this before the show. Sexton was better in the whoops after the finish than Kenny was. And I think if he would have waited until that time to try to make a move, he could have got it. And when you're racing, we can all sit here and quarterback the shit out of this. But when you're racing, all you see is I want to get past the guy and go. Chase knows <laughs> that Kenny has, didn't have a great December. Chase knows that Kenny was off the bike. He knows he caught him twice. Right. Just chill out. Yep. You know, Kenny may not be, be able to go that pace the entire 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Logan, I'm going to come to you first. What are your thoughts on all that? Like, I, I, do, I personally do think, had it not been a teammate, Chase would have probably tried to make a, a more aggressive pass. Uh, but give your overall thoughts on what they had to say, you know, whether what, what, what you think was in Chase's head. Um, well, first off, I mean, I think Kenny did exactly what he was supposed to do. Sure. Get out front, you know, sprint the first few laps. 
uh, just ride a smooth, smart race. I don't think he was really too worried that Sexton was behind him. You could, you could just tell, like, I, after the main event, I went in there and, and watched the whole 450 main. He didn't look, he just looked smooth, totally in control. He was, I, I, I he almost looked like, like, I mean, if Chase Sex, if Chase passes me, like, whatever. I mean, even a, even a second place at the opening round is, I mean, that's exactly what he needs, you know? True. Yeah. But I, yeah, I think, I think overall, Sexton obviously would have, would have won the race if he wouldn't have made a couple, you know, small mistakes, but I think he should have kind of chilled back a little bit. I mean, if he would have just, I mean, it's, it's hard to, hard to just take a second, but I mean, you think if he would have taken a second, you know, he would have been what seven or eight points up right now, but yep. I mean, he's a, he's a rookie ish. So, I mean, those things are going to happen. Uh, Travis, what about you, man? Like, uh, Kiefer talked about, they both talked about like that. You got to chill down a little bit, maybe. And even Chase said in post-race stuff that he, he still a little bit of immaturity, still kind of making those same mistakes. But do you feel like the other point they made is, you know, you're a racer, right? When you see an opening you feel like you, you got to go, you don't feel like you can follow It's It's, you got to go, you got to go to the front if you can. So it's sort of a, f- a weird balance to find, but who, where do you fall with this discussion? Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I wasn't surprised to see what happened happen with Chase. Um, and something that I maybe not a lot of people caught on to, but I noticed um, where Chase was gaining a lot of time was in the whoop section that um, Nichols crashed in. And he, yeah, Chase was gaining a lot of time there. Um, Kenny was trying to skim early in the main. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that Chase was um, had a good jump line, and he was gaining a lot there. And somehow Kenny was able to—I don't know if he just decided, you know, to change on his own, or he could sense what Chase was doing. But once Kenny, um, once Kenny picked up that he needed to jump through there, I would notice like that he wasn't Chase wasn't able to get as close. And I, every lap, like I'm a Kenny fan. So like, I'm literally getting nervous. Like I'm like, all right, you know, Chase is getting close here now. And, um, as soon as Kenny switched that up, I don't know if maybe Chase realized that, like he thought that maybe that was where he was gaining his time and then he was going to set up a pass. But, um, not long after Kenny changed that up was when Chase kind of fell apart and, um, you know, I don't know if early on, maybe, yeah, he should have ran it in a little bit, but it's also, you know, it's the first race. So I don't know if there's ever, you know, at the first race, maybe not the best idea to, to rush any move, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that gets brought up. That's all, obviously that's going to be something we're going to talk about with some of the other incidences in the race. Um, but what about the, the, the question that Steve put out there of if they were not teammates, do you think Chase does anything different as far as how he approaches trying to pat race Kenny? Um, yeah, I mean, I would assume, you know, he would, he would definitely have changed things up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's tough to say, like, like I said, I don't know, you know, you always want to kind of avoid making dumb moves at the first round of course whether it's whether it's kenny or you know somebody else so um maybe he would have maybe he wouldn't have i i would say he probably would have forced the issue a little bit because i think so yeah i can't i can't really remember many times where chase has really roughed up kenny at all so i i think this is not the first time where he's kind of sat back behind kenny for too long so 
Yeah, I, I would assume that he would. Things would have been different if there were somebody else that Chase was behind. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> there were there were a lot of big stories from A one. The takeouts have been a big discussion. Whether you're looking on social media, and of course on Pulpamex, we had lots of discussions. Uh, there were there's a lot of discussion. Obviously, Marv Marv on Cade, Cade on Amart, Marv on Mookie, Barsha on Jason. Lots of good stuff. Mookie was irate after the race at, at Marvin. They were he was threw his bike down, got in his face, full yelling match. Marvin, I watched it three times or four times. Mm-hmm. Marvin had three quarters of his bike past Malcolm already. You yeah. know what I mean? It wasn't a T bone. It wasn't right. it wasn't a front wheel to fork lug thing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Marvin got underneath him, and Mookie probably should have grabbed a brake and waited just a a sea hair in honor of our Australian sea hair. Yep, got luck. It was aggressive. And if Malcolm goes back at Marvin down the road, I'll be like, yep, like you got, you had, you know, Marvin has to know that. Yes. But as far as the pass itself, that's super cost to me. There's some people you expect that from, which obviously if it was a Barsha Mookie thing, Mookie would be like, it's Barsha. I get it. I don't think he even yells. However, teammates ish, I'm going to say dash ish, you don't expect that coming from Marvin. Yeah. When you know Marvin's behind you, and trust me, the riders know who's behind them. Mm hmm. You don't expect that dive bomb from Marvin. So I think that was what mostly he was pissed off about. It's like, hey, dude, we're both moving forward. I wasn't holding you up that much. Right, right. And Marvin did come in fast, and he did ride up at the end of the berm. You watch it. He rides up to make sure that wasn't, he wasn't going to get swooped past around the outside. Marvin also went after our buddy Cade. Yeah, but that's for a transfer. No, it wasn't. That's eighth. It was eighth. Oh, okay. I think Marv thought it was for a transfer. Yeah. I think Marv thought it was because I mean, he. he I mean, when you do that there, to, but, to yeah. a, a lesser known guy like Kate, I think he thinks that's ninth place right there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Marv feels a little bit of pressure this year because he's on an SX only contract. There's some hype coming in within the team. Uh, before I get to you, uh, Travis, I'm going to go to you first. Before I do that, I do want to say that uh, Cade Clayson is going to come on at the end of this thing. Uh, separately and talk about the Amart situation, the Marv situation, and some phone calls he got. So that's that should be fun. Stay tuned for that. Uh, but Travis, the the thing that K, uh, damn it, I'm blanking. Uh, Kiefer, the thing that Kiefer said that kind of stuck out to me is like you don't expect it from Marv. So as a professional racer, you've raced in Supercross. Obviously, you're you're a pro rider. You've been in some situations similar, I'm sure. Do you think that Mookie would have handled it different or even like during the race there and after post-race when he was throwing a fit, had it been somebody like, say, Barsha or Freezy where you go, I know this is probably going to, he's going to try to do this. Do you think he was more upset because it was Marvin? He just didn't even think about it. Or where do you, what do you think about that topic? You know, that idea or how Mookie handled it and the pass in general. Uh, I don't really think that I, I think Malcolm was just kind of, he was upset because he was, probably was feeling good all day. I mean, he fast qualifier and, yeah. um, and I don't, I don't, I don't think that he was singling, you know, out Marv there. Um, you know, I think he just wanted to get a good finish and kind of, avoid anything like that happening. So I think he's probably just very frustrated um, regardless of who it was, honestly. So no, I don't think it was anything like that, but um, you know, as for the past in general, eh, I don't think it had, you know, there, there is no takeout intentions there, but 
Um, it was it was a badly judged pass attempt, in my opinion, by Marv. There, um, I don't, I don't know. It wasn't dirty, but it wasn't a good good move, in my opinion. Okay, uh, Logan, what about you, man? Um, you know, like I, I think, yeah, I think he's right. I think Mookie's mad either way. And I, I believe it was the review show where they were sort of talking about what was actually said. I know the audio's out there now, and I haven't had a chance to listen. But I, it sounds like Mookie was mad. Like, look, it's the first round. Like, let's get through this. Let's just move forward together. Like, that wasn't necessary. Where do you stand? Um, I mean, personally, I kind of think they were all bonehead moves. Mm-hmm. All of the takeouts. I mean, like, it's A1. You I mean, every one of them lost points based off them not being very smart, you know, on what they were doing. Except for Barsha. Um, yeah, that was, that was, I mean, Jay had that. Okay. I mean, he kind of, he kind of, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Stick, let's stick with Mookie first. Cause we're getting to that in just a second. But go ahead. Yeah. Do you have more? You you thought it was bonehead. I don't know. I think it was, I I think Marvin and I don't know. I just think they both kind of maybe, maybe push a little bit. I think, Marv kind of sort of had the pass made, but Ma- our, our Malcolm just stayed in it, and then yeah. obviously you see what happens. So well, I think it's kind of sort of just a racing incident. But. but So Steve says it's just like he didn't have any problem with it. It's just a Supercross racing. It's a Supercross pass. Do you disagree then? Uh, Yeah, kind of. I mean, I think it, it, Marv pushed it, and Mookie, I think, should have you know, chilled out a little bit. Yeah. So okay. I think it's kind of just more of a racing thing, but I think they were both at fault a bit. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Then I said so we'd get to the Jason Anderson Barsha. So we'll, we'll listen to that. Take us to the Barsha Anderson thing. I saw nothing wrong with that. I know Anderson is an aggressive rider. Mm-hmm. I think he'd probably be fine with that. I think he was in some quotes I saw. Yep. Um, but he, he made the mistake that other riders made too in the past. When you get by Bam Bam. You got to get by him and sprint like your life depends on it. Yep. J.A. could have turned down a little bit more because there was enough room. Barsha, there, for a Barsha pass, mm-hmm. there was room. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't no slam and run, right? So I think Jay just hung up a little bit too much and then just washed it out. All right, Logan, so I'm going to let you go on this one first. But I do want to say Steve said... And even Barsha says this in the press conference, I think, later when I asked him about it. He's like, I don't think Jason would the kind of guy that would be upset by that. Steve said he had heard that maybe Jason was upset. I had heard that night he was fucking pissed. Uh, so I'm a, I disagree with Steve on that one, but let's get your thoughts. I mean, I think if you end up on the ground, you're going to be pissed regardless. Yeah. You know, yeah however, okay. however the situation ended up. But, I mean, after the whoops, J.A. kind of, he he moved he moved a little bit of right, little bit right and kind of stopped Barsha in his tracks and that's just enough for Barsha to come back and try to clean you out. We've seen it it's time and time again. He rides like a complete bonehead sometimes. Uh, I I saw it coming too. Like I'm I was watching it with oh, my, yeah. uh, susp- suspension guy Tim. Like when I, when he stopped him in that corner and Barsha was close enough to him going in that next turn, I was like he's going down. Yeah, and sure enough, poor guy ended up on his head. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. But I mean, you can't feel too bad for him because he would have done the exact same thing. Yeah, I love like his response in the press conference, Travis, where he's like, 
it was just good racing, man. What? I don't know what you're talking about. Like, no big deal. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's that. typical yeah. bar. Show. Yeah, yeah. I asked him about it in the press conference, and he was like, it was just, I think, and then somebody else, I don't remember, asked a little bit more detail a few questions later. He goes, I think you guys are just trying to make a story out of nothing. It was just racing. There's no way Jason would be upset by that. It was just good racing. <laughs> it's it's kind of like with Steve Curry always. wouldn't think it's. Jerry yeah. wouldn't think it's good racing if he ended up on his head, though. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, Travis, man, uh, where are you at with what Steve and Kiefer had, their their analysis of the pass? Um, Yeah, I, I think Kiefer, J.A. was just in a tough spot there because you got to make the pass. Like, he finally had made the pass stick, and he only had so much time before there was another, another bull turn that – um, to, you know, to get away from Barsha. And that's the thing with Barsha. You got to get away from him like as fast as possible yeah. or that's, that's what's going to happen. And I think Steve mentioned that. <laughs> he did, And, yeah. uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, it's, you know, in my opinion is similar to the Marv, the Marv thing. Just, you know, I'm not a fan of the past. I'm a JA fan, but, uh, I wouldn't say it was dirty, you know, but it was uh, unnecessary. Yeah, but I, I feel like it was somewhat on purpose. Like Barsha, you know, I don't know for sure that Barsha meant to put him down, but Barsha damn sure meant to make a point. And a oh, lot yeah, of the times when you do that, it you put somebody down, or you maybe you go down yourself. And yeah, I mean, it's I guess Jason and, and I think Kiefer kind of pointed out he. He got a little off balance, you know, and that caused him maybe more to, to fall over more than in a different situation possibly. But regardless, Barsha went in there to make an aggressive pass. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and once you once you get stood up in one of those bull turns and, and you just can't quite put your foot down, you start, like, falling over, it's game over. Yeah. And, and that's, that's it. So, um, yeah, I don't think... I feel like Barsha thinks that the, you know, what he did went exactly how he planned it. Um, but yeah, if they both ended up on the ground, I mean, maybe it would be a different story or if Barsha were, were the one that ended up on the ground, it would be a different story. But, um, if I were Jay, yeah, I would have been upset about it. Yeah. I was also told that, that Jason waited for Barsha in the tunnel. So there, like, if that's true, I don't, I certainly don't have it as, uh, confirmed, but if that's true, then when Barsha said later in the press conference, I don't think he'd be upset. I don't, you know, like if if that actually happened, then he was basically, in my opinion, like just pretending like he, like he knew he was upset, but pretending like he didn't know. And I, I'm curious if that actually happened. If they actually had a confrontation in the tunnel, and then Justin just was like, "Yeah, I don't know. I think he's fine." So that you know, if he's just trying to play it the way he wants to, it's it's just interesting. Barsha's just a character, man. You never really know what you're gonna you know, what his reaction is going to be. He's just kind of oblivious to it, I guess, unless it happens to him. Yeah. And then like the Anderson, um, you know, I think it was a tweet that he did or merch. Yeah. uh, Yeah. About the merch thing. Like, I don't, I see a little bit more into that than, you know, him actually playing it off. Like it was like a joke. I think it's more of like a, a little bit of a jab, like, you know, more so than it, you know, trying to play it off. Like it's, nothing i think it i think there's more to it than that oh a hundred percent yeah i think well first of all what are your thoughts or logan what are your thoughts on the tweets going back and forth of buy my merch and and them kind of 
them actually going back and forth in, a, in what seems like a fun way, but yeah, you know, I think there's a little bit of underlining tension there. But what do you think about the actual tweeting back and forth? Do you like it? Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I, mean, I would probably do the same thing. <laughs> but I definitely think. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. No, but I, I, I just think it's cool. I mean, it gets people talking. I mean, look how much publicity he got just off that stupid little tweet. Everybody thinks it's funny. Everybody yeah. is a fan of JA because he did that instead of, you know, being, you know, whining about it. I mean, the average fan's going to see that and be like, oh, it's cool how we reacted to that. Yeah, but I do think it's Jason being <laughs> like, oh, that, you know, that, or that bonus you got, you know, I think he was not being funny about it. I think he was like being kind of pushing the buttons a little bit, you know, and, and, and I enjoy it. I thought it was entertaining. Yeah. And then, of course, I like the Cade did the same thing with, or Troll did the same thing to Cade, and Cade bought some troll training stuff. So that, it, I guess, that just trickled on down. But it was interesting. I don't know what's going to come of it. I think we'll, I think we'll get some more fireworks in Oakland out of those guys. It, I hope so. I hope so, too. Yeah. Well, for the respect. Yeah. I think we've seen enough JA to know that um, because Barsha bought a $50 hoodie, I, I don't think this is over. The best thing I don't think is, that means it's over. Right. The the best thing in my opinion that could come out of it, or not necessarily the best, but entertaining entertainment wise would be as if Barsha wins the signed jersey that they're giving away. Because you have to buy if you buy at least fifty dollars or more fry, uh, team fried merch this weekend, you go into a drawing to win a Jason Anderson jersey. So if Barsha wins the jersey, that just takes it to the next level. Especially like how great would it be if he wins the jersey and then Barsha like comes out with the Jason Anderson jersey on or something? Like we could just <laughs> Dude, I was I was just gonna say that. As soon as you said that, I was just gonna yeah, say that too. Like, that would be hilarious. I would love that would be awesome. Uh all right, hey. You guys know all about Michelin motorcycle tires from the Pulpomex show, and I'm excited to announce that Michelin bicycle tires tires are still on board with the Pulpomex wrap-up show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium-finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, Visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products. All right, both winners of the A1 came on. So let's start with Christian Craig. They say he's the man to beat. It is Christian Craig. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Can you introduce him the proper way, please? Okay, go ahead. (laughs) The man to beat once again in 2022. Christian Craig, everybody. Uh, Hey. Yep. Hey, uh, Paige was wondering what that meant earlier, and I had to tell her she didn't know what, uh, oh, what is it? TMTB. TMTB. TM- oh, yeah. yeah, TMTB. Yeah. The reason I couldn't go with you last year was because you'd only had one win in your career, and it had been a long time ago, and you know we weren't quite sure where you were at on the new team and, and everything else. I'm now saying he oh. is the man to beat. In this title series, it's and I want to put pressure on him. Um, you, you've got the experience of last year and everything that went you know wrong for you and right for you last year. Yeah, I mean that's something obviously that I've always wanted to do is is to uh, win in, in Anaheim and and the opener is obviously special. So um, man, that was cool. It didn't come easy. Um, I had to pass a few guys in the main and, and work my way up. Uh, Travis. Uh, Steve's saying he's the man. He's pretty adamant, right? That he's the man to beat. Do you, I kind of feel like he's selling Hunter and Joe Shimoda and even Moseman a little short. Like those guys are fully capable of winning. Yes, Christian has the experience, uh, you know, over those guys to a degree. But I'm not 
completely locked in that Christian's going to win the championship. Uh, do you think his thoughts on that after just A1 are a little too strong, or are you with him? Um, I think that they're a little strong um, because, I mean, we've seen this before. Um, and, you know, Christian's been here for, you know, a lot of years now, and he hasn't been able to get it done. But on the other side, um, I think with Colt going down, I think that is going to really take a lot of pressure off of Craig. And uh, so I, I kind of agree. I think he is the man to beat um, <clears throat> because nobody in the class really has a ton of experience winning or being, you know, the guy in Supercross. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I do kind of agree. I think he's the man to beat. And I think if he doesn't get it done – um, it's going to be a tough look. Yeah. Uh, Logan, I, I kind of get your opinion on that too, but I also want to know just what you think of Christian as a guest. Like he seems, he, he's a guy again, that's got a good relationship with Steve as most of these guests do. I, I think he's a really good interview. He, he kind of, he, he laughs along when, with the jokes about page and he opens up, you know, to a large degree about the different topics that they bring up. He's a, I think he's a really good guest. I want to get your thoughts on that. And, is he the man to beat? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, <clears throat> I agree with Travis and Steve. I think, okay. I think he's definitely the man to beat, too. I mean, last year he was the guy battling Colt for the championship going into the last race. So, yep. kind of think, how can you not say he's the favorite? I mean, I personally, I think he's the fastest, fastest guy in the field, mm-hmm. straight up. Um, I think he's, I don't know. I, I, I personally put him as as a title favorite for me for sure. But, um, as a guest, um, it's okay. Um, I personally like guests who are a little more open, maybe not a little more, a little more poppy, a little more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's he's okay though. Yeah. Yeah. I I see what you're saying. Like Christian's kind of, uh, not, not boring by any means, but he's, uh, he doesn't let you get into his personality very, like he's, he doesn't have, a lot of excitement in his voice. Right, right, yeah. right, yeah. Like Kenny, yeah. complete opposite. <laughs> Love Kenny's interview. <laughs> Wait, Kenny was that. wound up. Boy, we're going to yeah. get to that. But uh, a couple more things on Christian. Logan did it. Does it make you squeamish? Not squeamish. Like, it, it bothers me. Like, Kiefer asked about his style, and then, like, he brings up his dad. And I feel like we all should know by now that Christian doesn't seem like he really talks likes talking about Mike Craig. It's just, you know, he kind of, <laughs> he'll do it, but I don't, I, I'm always uncomfortable when it comes up. Do you feel that at all? Or is that just me? Um, I don't know. I don't really feel like it's uncomfortable, but okay. I feel like maybe Christian just wants to kind of be his own, yeah. his own, his own guy and not be compared to his dad. Well, I don't think they have the best relationship. I'm not, you know, I don't know, obviously, but uh, I just get that vibe. And when Kiefer said that, I was like, Oh, yeah. Okay. But he, you know, Christian answered the question. Uh, Travis, what about, this was good. Jagger taking stuff into Eli's bus to get signed for fans outside. He's like, I don't know where they're from. Uh, that's Travis. He's the, the signature mule. That was good. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. Jagger's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, 
he's probably more famous than his dad. He just doesn't even know it yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I haven't looked to see how many how the followers compare, but you might be right. That kid, kid, something, man. He, but I, I love that because you we kind of know Eli's personality, right? And he doesn't come yeah. out and sign a lot of stuff. And he'll, I mean, he did actually. I should say post race. At A1, he signed a lot of stuff. Or there was a lot of kids around. He signed probably 15, 20 autographs. But we don't think of Eli as like the outgoing guy that's going to go stand in a crowd and interact and sign all this stuff. And then here comes Jagger just bringing all this stuff in for kids outside. And he's like, probably like, what is this? You know, this is my place of sanctuary. This is where I go so I don't have to deal with this. And here comes <laughs> Jagger, who I can't really say no to. Uh, that was good. It almost seems like Tomac has loosened up a little bit since oh. he's been on Star. Yeah, so like just on some of the videos and podcasts yep. and you know interviews I've seen of him, like actually talking to Ferrandis and yep. uh, kind of making jokes and stuff. I think it's cool. I think he needs it. I agree. And to do a shameless plug, Steve, hit you know skip forward thirty seconds. But if you go to to our Moto X Pod Show YouTube channel. I asked him about that post race and he said, yeah, I definitely, it is absolutely a conscious decision, but it's also the change of environment. You know, he didn't go into details, but he feels he's a lot happier right now, obviously at Yamaha and that plays into it. But he also said, Hey, it's, it's somewhat conscious. Like I, you know, we need to have some fun. And so I thought that was pretty cool. So you're right. He, he does seem happier. And I've heard a few people say that. So yeah, maybe we'll get more out of that, more of that type of Eli in the next year. That'd be a lot of fun because I think the guy has a lot of cool things to say. He's really fun when you sit down and actually talk to him. At least the the, the interactions I've had with him have been entertaining. He laughs. He's he's pretty cool. So hopefully we'll get more of that. Uh, Imagine if Eli became like a like an RV when he retires. Yeah. Well, just a drunk that just loves everybody. Right, right. That would be fucking yeah. awesome. <laughs> uh, again, going back to my, my interview I did with him, I brought RV up and he started laughing about it. And he was like, yeah, you know, it, but he, right now it's too serious. But I could see that, like, he, he kind of giggled like, yeah, eventually maybe we could get there. So that would be fantastic <laughs> if he could come back as, you know, the, the fastest retired rider. They could have that battle. Yeah. Dude, can you imagine, like, the two of them in, like, Pulp and some – White claws in them, and that'd be cool. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah Eli just epic. in studio with the claws. That yeah. would be – you wouldn't have seen that coming no, a couple years ago. No, at all. <laughs> he ain't beating my count. He ain't beating my count. <laughs> I think that'd be tough, Logan. What was it? I don't even remember. Like 20? Dude, I'm, I'm, no, I think it was like I think it was like 12 or 13. I'm pretty sure we beat bets. Okay. I, like yeah, one. yeah. All right. I was thinking maybe I'm doubling yeah. them, obviously, with somebody. But anyway, yeah. The, the Well, we're going to get more of that, I think. I think RV and uh, – Weimer are coming back, it sounds like. Oh, boy. That's yeah. the best show. Really? See, that was my least favorite. I'm one of the few that didn't like that show. Once they were loaded, like after the Mitch Payton stuff, I was kind of over it. Okay, yeah, I agree, but most of it, well, RV can be a little much, and I know that in that one episode, Jake was uh, a little gone, too, but... Uh, <laughs> But I, I actually, for the most of the show, I really love that stuff. Yeah. I, I love them together. I love Weimer when he first starting starts getting drunk. But once he's gone, it's yeah, it was too much, man. I just, I probably should go back and re-listen like that. Maybe the next time I do, Steve doesn't do a show, I'll do that as a classic wrap up and revisit it. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, let's get back to this episode. Earlier in the show, Levi Kitchen had been on, and we will get to him. And he mentioned Christian dabbing his front foot or his foot. And Christian gave us a response with that and talked about Tomac a little bit. 
me and him have that same problem because we're both tall. Right. And so, like, we'll come out of a corner and my foot will be, we'll, we'll both have our feet in the swing arm. Mm. You know, and he's like, pick that thing up, like, watch Justin. I'm like, dude, Justin's way shorter than us. Yeah. Like, it's so easy for him to put put his foot up and not dab it where we're having to, you know, we're almost six feet tall. I think he is six feet tall. So it's harder for us to not dab. So that's something I have been working on. Are you a big leave the foot on the peg guy coming around corners now? Mm, I used to be, but then I started taking it off just to try to, like, commit and leaning over more Mm -hmm. in the ruts. But after spending uh, a few weeks with Tomac, I'm pretty sure he didn't take off his foot one time last week at the Yamaha track. Like in turns, so yeah. I'm like, huh? Like, mm. what should I do? Maybe should I do a little bit of both or mix it up? Yeah, but um, it's pretty funny. Like having Tomac on the team, it will sit there and just like be in awe, like uh, when he's hammering out motos. You know, it's pretty cool. Travis, so the thing that kind of the reason I put this in here was, you think of a guy like Christian who has this beautiful style. Like he's one of the the most smooth riders. Got you know he's always commented on as being like one of the most talented riders, but then he can watch a guy like Eli and be in awe. And from my perspective, as someone who's never been that talented on a motorcycle, never raced at a high level, uh, like I go, well, Christian, like he know he's he's as good as he's going to get. Probably he's so talented. He knows all these tricks, but then he talks about on the Pulp Show. I can watch this other guy and learn from him. And I mean, I kind of know that that can happen, but it at that level, it still surprises me just a little bit that Christian says that, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know why it catches me, but I think it's interesting how these guys at the highest level still learn from each other. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, but at the same time, I think Eli is, he's a different breed. Like he's on that, elite of the elite sure so um i think i think that that's that might be all it is you know like christian is a hell of a good rider he's unbelievable but when you're talking a guy like like eli um you know i would say you i i would argue that there's two guys right now that are on that elite elite when you watch them they're just something about the the technique or their their way that they ride the dirt bike and i think that's kenny and eli i think those guys are a a step above as far as skill set and actual riding style Mm -hmm. i think that those two are a different level i think they're like almost more than elite so I think that that's why Christian is, you know, he could still watch a guy like Eli and be like, wow, or, yeah, or yeah, maybe sure. I should try this or try that. So, um, yeah, it is, you know, I guess it's surprising to hear him say, you know, he's picking up something off of Eli, but at the same time, I can understand why. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, hey, Travis, I know you've been, you've been doing some wrenching. You're, you're a good mechanic. Uh, how often, how many times have you had to change leaky fork seals? Um, I have dealt with leaky four seals a time or two, or, or two for sure. Well, let me tell you about Seal Savers. Since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on Seal Savers making installation a breeze. 
Check out their full line of motor products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. So if you guys got side-by-sides, which I know is super popular these days, getting out there in the desert, they make they make seal savers for those. Seal savers the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection and enter uh, code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. So if you guys don't like changing out leaky fork seals, seal savers will save you so much headache on those things. So get them. Uh, okay, Christian Craig, star racing Yamaha teammate. Levi Kitchen, as I mentioned, is the West Coast correspondent for Pulp. He came on, and I'm just going to play a variety of audio I got from him with some things we can talk about. Christian Craig, like, mm. do you just want to retire, Levi, when, you're, when you watch <laughs> him ride? Do you just want to, like, you know, you're early in your career, but just be like, fuck it, I can't do that. I, I, I quit. He's flawless, to be honest, and uh, he did exactly what what I thought he would do, you know, I mean, after he got that start, yep. um, I knew he was up there and I was like, and he rode really smart. So I was, uh, I wasn't surprised at all. That track, as far as rhythms go, it was pretty lame. I mean, there wasn't much separation. Like, I didn't see no. him crazy done. So the whoops were a big factor. I thought literally the one thing I ever see him do is like, he was really bad about dabbing his foot before. And he's worked on that a lot. Uh-huh. And, like, he's pretty much fixed it now. But, <laughs> so, so, like, that was the only right. thing I could point out ever. Like, I would watch him, and it was like he would do nothing wrong. Levi, uh, so we saw Christian flinch at the gate, and then Shimoda hits it. Have you ever done no, that? No, that was, that was Nate. Sorry, yeah. Nate. So that's yeah. a good move. If you can pull that off <laughs> successfully, <laughs> Levi, that's yeah, a really that was... good move. Just go, and then watch the guy beside you hit the gate. Hey, soft track, too, man. East Coast-ish. I think that's what the separator was, really. Because all those guys were training in California before the race, and then it ended up being uh, mm. a lot like a Florida track. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, was definitely Sexton. So proper that it just doesn't make sense that he makes those mistakes. Like, <laughs> right. He's so perfect on a bike. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's just a matter of time for that guy. He, Christian's obviously, like, I don't want to say he's the guy just after one round, but he, he is. No, he's it's the okay, guy. It's okay, so you can say He's it. the guy. You know? He is. Are you at all worried about – Mr. Nicoletti on the East Coast. Have you heard about his reputation at all? Steve, I haven't thought about a single person that I'm racing. Logan, uh, Levi's a young kid, man. He's a rookie coming in. Uh, but I kind of I like having a little bit, something different, a little inside as the West Coast correspondent. Um, I think as he does this more, he'll get better at it. But it's, it's cool to have a, this kid come in and give his thoughts on some things every week. I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I like having Levi on the show. Yeah. I think he seems like a cool kid. He's, he's funny. pretty. He kind of yeah, he's funny. He's like he just seems like he doesn't really give a fuck and kind of just says yep. whatever he wants. And yep. those are the kind of people I like to hang out with. So, um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think he's good to have on the show. For yeah, sure. I think he's going to get better. I like like I enjoy the fact that him and some of these younger kids are doing the podcast and like doing the interviews because they're showing personality. They're not just you know, as we kind of talk about in the past, like Eli, who we don't get a lot out of, like he has a personality and hopefully he can continue to carry that as he uh, progresses in his career, goes 450 someday, hopefully Levi, you know, it's, it's just building a relationship with the fans and coming on pulp regularly is going to be awesome for his brand, Travis. I mean, like the, the reach that Travis or that Mathis has, and then him having a personality on top of that, it's just going to excel his fandom. Yeah, it's definitely good to, you know, um, really in, in whatever, you know, be 
um, are kind of associated with Mathis. It, it can definitely help a lot as far as your fan base and all that. Um, and yeah, for for him being like a course uh, correspondent, um, yeah, I liked it. It's good to hear from a, a like a racer, you know, a racer's perspective on the other, you know, a race that he's not involved in because I think you get a little bit of a little bit more of an honest opinion or whatever. So, um, but it's not my favorite. It was probably my least favorite guest. Um, not that it was bad, but it was probably my least favorite guest of the night, actually, honestly. Yeah, I can get on board with that, but it still was, I, I thought it was entertaining. It was something, you know, worthy of the information and even like he kind of talked about one of the comments he made i think it was in that audio was that the rhythm section was kind of lame the rhythm section, like you know we keep talking about how gnarly this track was and logan you raced it but he kind of had the opinion that "Eh, it was a little it was a little boring not a lot of options so that was some insight at least on monday night that we didn't really we didn't hear any of the other guests talk about that that uh, maybe it wasn't as gnarly logan as we said it was maybe it wasn't it was a little bit basic in the rhythm area i think overall the track was i mean fairly basic but what what made the track so difficult was the soil i mean it mm, was yeah it was so 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 soft like i mean even people from the bleachers like don't really have a perspective of how gnarly the track really was like even to go double single tabletop triple before the finish was hard because of just like the ruts were so grabby and they would pull you one direction and then the next double would pull you the other direction and just the stupidest little things just made the track so difficult and then having you know obviously the two gnarly sets of whoops made the track very difficult yeah yeah sure Uh, but I, i did i think i think that levi added something to it but you did what you just mentioned about the track and the viewers the fans not really seen it all i think steve and and weeds and them talked about that on the review show too the the knuckle off the table in that section before the section, before the finish line, you know, the, uh, where they were going, yeah. some of them were going over the table. And I think Kenny was triple single like that knuckle and Kenny, Oh, Kenny talked about it, I guess. Now how he had to stop doing it. Like th- those things you write, you don't see that even from the stands, let alone on TV, you just don't see unless you walk down there. So getting the rider, getting your perspective, Logan, from being there, Levi's perspective from knowing how tracks develop at that level, uh, good stuff. Uh, I want to go kind of slow it down a minute and talk about callers. Every week we have callers that call into the Pulp Mix Show, including myself, other guys. I've talked about it a few times. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. Monday night we had, like, Sam called in and asked about Vince Freeze and the percentage of him being the first to finish line in fantasy every week. I thought that was a pretty good call. Uh, Alex talked about Cade. Jesse had an old an 01 KX250 that's not beat beat. I enjoyed those calls, but sometimes they don't go as planned. I don't know. You guys probably neither one of you have ever just called in ra- randomly. Have you, Logan or, or Travis? No, I no, I, mean, I haven't. Cade was in studio and told me to call in one time. I think I did, but yeah, not just not just straight up. Yeah, no. not just like how I started out becoming like calling in. So, uh, Danny Stu, I don't know if you guys remember that call. He called in and. I kind of know him through social a little bit, and it was funny. Like, his call didn't go very well, if you guys remember. Uh, Danny Stu, what's up, man? Hey, am I on? You're on. All right, my name cut out. Uh, Long-time listener. Uh, Yeah, Danny Stu, I said. said, What's going on? What's up, Danny Stu? How are you? By the way, Darkside's on one. 
Dark Side Roxon's coming up. We don't have time to get into you and your new SoCal image. Yeah, we don't got call time. Call later. Yeah, yeah. We're going to give you a head nod right now to the call. What's up? Right. What's up? <laughs> so go ahead, Danny Stu. All right. So the reason I play this is like, it's not easy, guys. It, it, you get a little nervous. Like, I remember back when I first started calling in, like, thinking out what I was going to say and how it was going to go and, you know, where they were going to go with it. And being a little nervous. It was funny because Danny Stu sent me a DM, and I just want to say I want to read this so you can kind of feel, if you don't call in regularly, what it might feel like to be a caller sometimes. He said, I was going to mock the longtime listener, first-time caller line, but it ended up spitting out just like every other guy, so the mockery didn't work. Then he says, what's up, Danny Stu? Darkside and Roxon are on the line, so we don't have time for you. Uh, which confused Danny Stu because he thought he, at first, I think he thought he was talking to him. We don't have time for you. And then he said, I literally, literally took my car just, uh, was, I, I thought he literally took my call just to tell me that he didn't have time to talk to me. <laughs> so I was so frazzled and it just went to shit, which he ended up, he did actually end up asking a question and it was about who benefit, benefited most from the A1 carnage, which in the end was not a bad question. It worked out, but guys, it, calling in, it's not easy, man, and they don't make it easy on you sometimes when you call in because if you flub it at all, they're going to give you shit usually. So uh, anybody that's thinking about calling in, be prepared, man. Just be ready, and when that phone goes, you're on, dude. You're live. They can hear you. But uh, poor Danny Stu, I, I just wanted to give him a little shout-out. Uh, Guts Racing. either uh, Logan, you on Guts Racing this year? I am. All right. I am. That's the way to go. Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point in their career, from Steve Lamps and Jeremy McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and Stewart in the 2000s and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and many more, such as Logan Carnow. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam, I've got to get one of those on order for my 2022 YZ250 that I do not have yet, but I will soon enough. You guys ready to talk about the 94, Kenny? Yes, I am so ready. All right, I was saving it. All right, first then, Travis, thoughts on his interview versus previous interviews. He was really wound up. There were some people on YouTube that was like, what the hell is he on? Did he take some speed? He was talking fast and uh, being <laughs> fairly open. What do you think? I mean, yeah, he was he was fired up for sure. Um, not having any of the haters, like he really he had a lot to say. It was it was awesome. Yeah. And um, I, yeah, he had a lot to say, and he he really he like at times like he was like. It was almost like he came on the show like with a something to you know to a point to prove or something like like there was times where he actually like answered questions that Steve kind of didn't even ask. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you think that's why he was talking so fast? Because sometimes, like, okay, again, going back to callers, if I were to call into a show, the show before I was somewhat part of it. I might feel like, oh, I got to say everything really fast because I might they might cut me off. Like, do you think he was trying to get it all out? Was he just excited to do the interview? What do you think that was? Um, maybe was yeah. it on speed? Um, 
<laughs> maybe he was. I, I think he may have been, actually. Hope not. Hope not. That could go, that could go bad for him towards the end of the season. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but um, I think maybe he just got on a little bit of a roll. Like, I guess that's, that can happen sometimes when you, you, know, you get going and then one thing just leads to another. I'm sure that's all it probably was. But, um, I mean, it was great to, to hear, you know, him be so – into the interview, you know, that, that I'll take that over, over, you know, being like, just answering the question and then nothing. So, um, it was good to hear Kenny, like really into, you know, what, you know, into his answers and stuff like that. I know what you're saying. Uh, Logan, are you on the same page or do you feel like any of it was forcing a, an agenda of some kind? I loved it. I mean, I like when people are straight up, like, why, why try to hide anything? And, and yeah, I don't know. So do you, I, I loved it. Do you believe him that he really doesn't know what the hell's going on? Uh, yeah. Why not? Okay. That's fair. I, I don't know why not. I was just asking a question, Logan. Damn. <laughs> no, I don't. I just feel like he would be open if he did know what it was. Okay. Well. All right. Well, let's listen to what he had to say about being sick. Like, were you surprised at how well Saturday went? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, listen, these guys, I don't know. It, it's not fun for me to talk about these damn things. It's not like I want to <laughs> get sick, you know what I mean? Like, everybody always thinks it's an excuse and all this kind of stuff. It's December. Like, I'm about to go race here in a, in a week and a half kind of thing, and I'm literally laying on my ass, not doing anything. It's not like you go from feeling like shit to feeling 100%, right? So I just don't quite feel right yet you know what i mean and then so this weekend was a huge surprise i mean i didn't expect that at all but that one said dude you're a weird individual and i'm like yeah i don't know i agree because they said they wouldn't have put a dollar on me after like being at the test track last week (laughs) and i agree with them i agree with them i'm like dude i don't i can't i can't do a start to save my life I freaking can't even string any laps together. I'm absolutely useless out there, right? You know, you can't win with fans. You either gonna have the people that are say, "Oh, it's all excuses." Yeah. You can't win either uh-huh. way. So you're you're just saying in the press conference, you're just like, "I don't know, man. I, I, this is what this is what happened. I don't know what to tell you guys." <laughs> and you're tired mm-hmm. of it, but I like it. Please, I totally you know. am. Like, I, I because it's just it seems like there's always a story, and it's been the story for me the past three years. But it's not like I can do anything about it. Like, it yeah. is what it is, you know what I mean? Do you, I mean, I can tell you guys that I'm freaking feeling awesome. I'm great, man. Everything's 100%. And then I'm getting 15. Yeah. And obviously, I know that there's something wrong. Like, I, I, I haven't gotten that sick in at least two years. Uh, Logan, I want to come back to you on this. So, I do feel like he was being pretty open. Part of his response, and I think I said this at a press conference. I don't remember what round it was last year. I know I did. But where he, he said it is what it is kind of thing. And I was like, but... Is it really what it is? Because, like, the team cannot be happy with him just going, oh, well, I don't know. It is what it is. You know, I mean, I, I, so, to some people, I, you know, I, I've heard this, you know, on the Keyboard Warriors type thing. Like, they feel like he's too nonchalant about it. Do you – but then, again, like Steve says, you can't win with, a, with anybody, right? You're either going to have people hate what you say or love what you say. So, you, it, there's no happy medium. Where do you fall with his uh, – the, the, his, the way he's saying these things, like I, I don't, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but he doesn't seem like he's really aggravated. But maybe if he was really aggravated, that would be worse for his racing. I don't know. How do you feel about how he's handling it? I mean, I mean, he can only kind of do what he can do. I mean, like when he's in the main events and he goes from you know first to twelfth, obviously he's not doing that on purpose. Yeah. There's something that's holding him back. 
I'm sure it's extremely frustrating. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I like how, I like how open he is. He, uh, you know, when there's something wrong, he comes out and says it instead of hiding it. Like, I mean, wouldn't it look better on paper saying, you know, I got fourth with this going on versus fourth when nobody knows what's going on. And I, I don't know why everything's like such a secret. Like, I mean, I took a little bar to the bar to the chest today. Like my ribs are really sore. Like, but, but should I not say that? Because why? Like a uh, freaking somebody's going to try to hit me on my right side or well, of course they are. they're going to go after it. That's so stupid. In I my agree. opinion, like if something is wrong, come out and say it. Like, yeah, I just, I feel like it's so unnecessary to hide shit like that. Well, there were some other things that I was a little surprised by that. He said, sometimes I literally go from freaking first to 12. How is that? Like, that is not normal. You know what I mean? Like, do yeah. you think I do that because, <clears throat> Oh man, I just had an off day. I felt great, but Hey, I just didn't write that great. No, yeah. there is a freaking reason for that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, it's not like I can go from strong, you know, I feel fit and I do all this freaking work. And then all of a sudden, oh man, he gassed out, he faded because he just didn't do enough training. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life, so, honestly. This is one of the big reasons why a lot of guys don't pick you for the series championships. Can we last 17 rounds? Yeah, that's Are we me. Good? That's me. I don't pick Ken. Uh, any of the last well, that's two what I'm years, about. right. How do we feel this year? We feel a little bit better. I don't better. blame you, Steve. Uh, yeah, I yeah. Know. <laughs> it's, it's fine. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to build here, right? So I can't answer you that. I don't freaking know. I'm just going with the flow or whatever my body gets. That's why I'm at peace, though, as well, right? Like, I need to be able to sleep at night, and I sure as hell work my freaking ass off to try and do this thing and win, but I don't freaking know. So I'm just going to go out there. I made this my hobby, and I just want to race dirt bikes. I want to practice. I want to hang out with my family. That's it. Soul Rider. I got a text question from a Justin in North Carolina. How's Ken feel about barely beating a 40-year-old in the heat race? This just Justin in North Carolina, but yeah. I don't, I, I don't really know who that could be. Probably. I don't know either. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I saw that he was behind me at like lap two or three. I was worried. I'm like, oh shit, like he's been going really good at the test track. But then for some reason, two laps later, all of a sudden I dropped in like six seconds and then yeah. I wasn't worried yeah, anymore. No, but I don't know. No, no need to be worried about him. No, nothing at all. <laughs> How's it having Lars as team manager? Has anything changed or about the same? Um, honestly, I don't know. I mean, I've had very, <laughs> I've had very good communication with uh, my team and, and everybody that's involved in my program. So I can't really say anything bad because like, there's nobody new in our team. You know, it's not like we have somebody completely different. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I just let's put it this way. My worries or my, my focus is on something completely different than worrying about, you know, what the team manager is doing. But all I can say is that we all have great communication and whatever is going on besides that between mechanic and, and team manager and like all of that deal. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, I have enough on my plate. You know what I mean? I just want to deal with what I'm dealing with. So I guess what I'm saying is nothing has changed in a negative way at all. Uh, Travis, so I'm going to go to you first. I liked that he doesn't get butt hurt when Kiefer and Steve are like, yeah, this is why guys haven't picked you. And he's like, yeah, I wouldn't have picked me either. I don't, I understand. Like, I like that. What I didn't like in that audio that I played where there's two things. He's well, one thing he said that I didn't like one that's a little fishy. He, he said, I make, I make this my hobby. Like that kind of goes back to me feeling like he's not taking it as serious as, as I feel like maybe the team would like him to. Obviously he's, his results show that he, is right most of the time, but I didn't. I don't know. Just the way he says that, it almost sounds. It sounds bad towards the team. I would think. I'm just making this my hobby. Like I, I didn't really dig that statement. Am I? Ta- am I making too much out of this? 
Um, <clears throat> no, I, I think you're, it does come off weird. Um, like, I, I'm sure he would say that he just means like, he just wants to like, enjoy it, you know, is probably what he's saying. Try to, you know, make it, you know, the work enjoyable instead of feeling like, I don't know, like it's a job or whatever. Yes, Cause that's yeah. kind of how Kenny, that's how Kenny rolls. He likes to have fun all the time. And, and that's kind of what makes him click. But at the same time, yeah, if, if you're Mr. Honda, I get, I definitely think you got one. I raised out as a statement like that, but, um, I, I think that the reason that he can say stuff like that, he kind of touched on is, is he, he's working his ass off and he, and he knows it. And I think that that's why he can come on the show also and, and kind of say, you know, say all these things so openly, I think that when you know that you're given a hundred percent and you know that you're working your butt off, then that kind of gives you like a, a little bit of freedom, you know, in your mind that, that you're right, you know, and he believes in what he's saying at least, you know, like he's given it a hundred percent and he's trying his best to, you know, get the health situated, get all of everything, you know, he's, his fitness good. And I think that that's why he can, you know, say something like that. So I don't think. So let me make myself clear. I don't, and I don't mean he shouldn't be having fun doing this. And I just, the, the, the terminology he used, as I mentioned earlier in the, like the one he used in the press conference last year, just made me think, uh, I wouldn't, I bet Honda, as you said, Mr. Honda, paying him millions of dollars to go win a championship. And no, this is not just a hobby, Mr. Kenny Roxon. You know, I can, I, I just, I re I'm reacting to how I feel like they might react. So that's, that's all I'm saying. Like, I want him to be loose and have fun. I love that Jason Anderson feels like he wants to be loose and have fun. I don't have an issue with that. It just, I think his choice of words at times might be a little negative, seen a little negative from Honda. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like I'm sure that, you know, the handful of people in his small circle every day yeah. understand what he's saying. But other than that, you can, it's really only speculation and yeah, you know, the guys at, at Honda, they don't want to speculate, you know, on, on whether he he's in this or not, you know, yep. that's a, they're paying him a lot of money for, for, you know, for those guys to wonder if he actually, how bad he really wants to win, you know? Agreed. Logan, I, the other thing I want to touch on with you is the last part of that audio I played when Kiefer asked him about Lars, like that was very, a weird answer. Cause he never is like, yeah, Lars is cool. He's like, I don't know the people I'm involved with in my program are, are you know, know what I need or, you know, what I need to do. It, it almost made me feel like he has zero communication or these, the people in my in my program have communication with me kind of made me feel like there's not a lot of communication with him and Lars. And there's some rumors that there were some issues with, you know, Kehoe's gone now, maybe. Yeah. I'm just wondering if there's an issue there between management and Kiefer or not Kiefer, but Kenny. I agree. Me and Travis actually, we kind of looked at each other after that, the Kenny interview, we were listening to it together and we we're like, dude, something's up there because yeah. if, if, if something wasn't up, uh, he would have just came out and said everything's good, but he was basically throwing every hint out there that it's that everything is not not okay. 
in my opinion. That's how I took that. So I did too. I don't. I, I don't, don't know that I took it as everything. Nothing's okay, basically. But there, I feel like he is not really dealing with with uh, Lars. He's dealing with whatever his group is, and maybe those people are dealing with Lars. But nothing has been. There's nothing negative changed negatively in his circle. But that doesn't his circle, in my opinion, based off what he said, is not Team Honda. It's Team Ken Roxon. Yeah, it was just it was kind of kind of weird. It was weird how he said that. Like, I mean, if everything was good as far as why would you not just say yeah, everything's fine? Yep. Even if you don't talk to him very much, you could still say everything's okay. But obviously, there's there's more to the story there that he didn't want to really touch on. That's for damn sure. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll find out two or three years from now. Uh, those are who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motorsport.com. And Motorsport carries, I'm almost positive they're carrying seal savers now. Yeah, they are carrying seal savers now. Michelin bicycle tires as well as got seat covers and other sponsors of Pulp Mix, including Fly Racing and one of Logan's sponsors, FXR, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. Best gear on the biz. Uh, okay. I'll give you uh, I'll give you one Come A. On. I'll give you one A. Tell me it's the best. Uh, I'm a fly guy, man, but I'll give you FXR <laughs> is one A. It's so good they're not two. They're one A. They're right there, but I got to go fly first. All right, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. I, I do dig FXR, though. Those guys are cool. All right, a few more things before we wrap this thing up. We got to get into my call, Dark Side versus Jamie, Pony getting credentials, tattoos, me missing practice, SoCal, all that good stuff, because I guess I, I feel like I need to defend myself and I need to get your professional thoughts. So let's try to run through them a little bit quick. Logan, first of all, where do you fall on the dark side versus Jamie professional level press conferences, magazines, and podcasts? Like, I, I feel like I can see Kiefer and Steve's point in some situations, but in others, I feel I see where dark side's okay. But let's only hear what you think and be honest. I think you're dark side, bro. Okay. You're not Jamie, you're dark side. No, I just, I mean, motocross, I mean, I feel like they're kind of comparing it maybe to like some, some of the biggest sports out there and we just aren't that. So, I mean, I think what you, what you guys do is, is perfect. I like, I like dark side. Okay. That, I don't think I've ever called you Jamie a day in my life. Well, yeah, I, I, Kiefer I, didn't even know my real name until probably like six months <laughs> ago, nine months ago. Now he's acting like he knew it, but, uh, dude, me either. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't use it really other than, nah. well, I, yeah, I don't use it really for anything other than my, on my actual credential, and some people reached out to me to, in the last couple of days with like DMs. They're like, what about Anton and Guy B? But those guys don't use their nicknames or swap when they do a press conference. Like Anton doesn't say, I'm Anton. I'm almost positive Guy B says, I'm, you know, uh, was it Steve Guyberson? Uh, so I don't think, I don't know that there's anybody else that actually uses a nickname, uh, Travis, but. It was sort of an accident to a degree the way it grew, and then it just became a thing. And it is sort of what people know me by, like people like branding or whatever. Um, but I, I do see the press conference side and the magazine side where maybe my real name would be more appropriate. What do you think? Um, I do agree that maybe like at the at the press conference, 
it may be more appropriate, but I mean, literally everybody knows you as Dark Side. Like I've known that your name is Jamie. I don't even know how, but I've just known that. Uh, Facebook, for a while now. I think we're Facebook friends. Okay, maybe something like that. Yeah, but like even even a couple of my buddies that listened to the show like last you know this week were like, "Did you even know that his name was Jamie?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do." But like, yeah, I would say ninety percent of of listeners probably only know you as dark side so in a way that keeps you you know relevant but i i guess like you know you're starting to do stuff for racer x and stuff like that so maybe at a press conference maybe we could use you know jamie but yeah i don't think it's a, i don't think it's that big of a deal well i wanted to spell or whatever a couple things that Kiefer said one uh, when he heard it, the whole thing that st- st- this whole thing stemmed from, he said me introducing myself to Team Honda. I was introducing myself to Lars because I had never met Lars. Like, Kennard was there. Trey's known me for years. Like that. So, I did what I said and what I normally say when it's somebody like that. I say, hey, I, I'll say Jamie or a lot of people call me Dark Side. I usually give them both options, you know, so that they know that I have a real name, obviously. But people call me Dark Side, uh, and that's what I said. And Kiefer just honed in on the Dark Side, as well as when he was giving me shit about the head nod and all that. Like I, I told that story on Pulp, so I don't need to rehash it all. That motherfucker knows I did not ignore his text. I texted him back as soon as my phone was available to text back, and I did head nod him. <laughs> he is right. Brady and I were really in a like it wasn't like hey what's up conversation. We were literally having a, a pretty good deep conversation on something and I saw him walk by and it would, I felt like I'd have been a more of a dick to turn away from Brady and ignore her to go talk to Kiefer who was 15 feet away walking by. So Kiefer is blowing that shit out of proportion. I'm sorry that I hurt his feelings, but I love you Kiefer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You guys know me pretty well. I mean, Logan, we talk all the time. Like there is no SoCal at bro, whatever, you know, at kind of guy out of me. I am not that guy. So was the only reason Kiefer saying that just, just because you had nodded him? And I didn't respond to his text. Wow. So I don't know what time his text came in. My phone, I got to the stadium around one thirty, I think. And oh, you gave me the whole spiel, dude. You, you seemed like you had a rough day. Yeah, but then like my phone was locked out, like I said, for like 45 minutes. And it was really stupid because when I got there, it said 45 minutes. And it went down to 20 minutes, and then it went back to 40 minutes. But anyway, so when he had walked by, I hadn't seen the text yet. It was a few minutes after that. And as soon as I saw that text, I responded to him. So he can F off. So he's yeah. he's just being a titty baby. So that's okay. Kiefer, Kiefer I love you, buddy, as I said. Um, yeah, and the tattoo thing, dude, I, I've had the tattoo a long time, way before anybody knew me as Dark Side, and it's a tattoo I regret. So, But it is there, and it's the way it is. <laughs> So love it, yeah. love it. Hey, what were you and Brady in a deep conversation about? We were talking about relationships. She she ah. knows my situation with Amber or whatever, and she's like, "Hey, how's it going?" And and I told her, "Oh, we're back together." And she like her eyes got big. She's that's great. What how'd it go? How'd it happen? And we were just talking about it. So that's what we were talking about. So Kiefer would actually be proud. We were talking about relationships. So, <laughs> nice, yeah. yes. love it. So that was what we were talking about, but. uh and again, the tattoo, like I've had a couple of tattoos that I've just had the spur moment, like I want a tattoo and I go get it. And that was one of them. 
I wanted something on my stomach and I couldn't think of anything. And I just, again, I explained all that. So it is what it is. Hey, we actually, we actually live with one of your monster girls. Oh yeah. Which one? Kylie. Oh, sweet. Yeah. You that's Kylie, Kylie Marie. I think Instagram, yeah, that's, her Instagram is Caleb. Uh, Caleb's chick. Yeah. I met her. I met her yeah. for the first time Saturday. Yep. Yeah. She's cool. We're, li- we're living with Caleb. We were going to, I asked Kenny Bell about staying with him, but he gave me uh, Caleb's contact information. That's where we're staying the whole time while we're right here. Super that's cool. cool people. Yeah, I met Caleb and Kylie for the first time Saturday. They were both super nice. So, anyway, yeah, they're awesome. But they, they're they're going to run. The boys are going to run with the cool guy stuff, the SoCal stuff. Uh, anybody that knows me that knows that's not the case. So we're going to move on. <laughs> uh, and I, I apologize to Chris Betts. I did text him about getting a picture, and then never once texted him Saturday. But that was also a lot of that. Hell, Logan, I barely came and talked to you, but a lot of that was because of I know. short time frame with the phone situation, full panic mode. It just was not ideal. Glendale you still made time for me, though. I did. Glendale will be back to normal. There won't be any more of this. But you know who won't be there to see that is Chris Kiefer. Oof. He'll be sitting at home on the couch. That's all right. There uh, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what do you call it? Uh, <laughs> It's Saturday program is bullshit. Morning program, all that. It's bullshit. If you're going to be... So he, he went he went to the race all day, and then while the break, he drove home? Yes, he hauls ass home after the final practice. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's funny. That's what, I think he did the same thing in San Diego, too. I think right out... Maybe it was he was just... Pre- he might have just been there for press day on that one, though. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not a true fan, man. I don't, I don't know. If you're, you know, you're a media guy, as Kiefer is, he should be there. Sure. Which step your game up? Yeah, we're going to get to that in a minute too, because you know, as you guys may recall, Mathis got him pretty good uh, with something. We'll we'll get to that. We're almost there, but I want to jump to the race tech rants. Pulp twenty one to save. Chris Betts had two of them, guys. No Adam C and Cirillo in open ceremonies, which you know they do the top ten, right? So he shouldn't be there if that's the case. But for a one, dude, I think you put all your superstars in opening ceremonies. What do you think, Travis? Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that if Chad decided to race this weekend, I am pretty sure he would have been an opening. You ceremony. are right. So, <laughs> uh, that, that pretty much Good point. sums it up. <laughs> yes. Some people on YouTube were like, because I always stay on YouTube. They were like, Oh, that was a, that, that race tech rant sucked, but I think it was all right. There was nothing wrong with it. I mean, they don't always go, crazy gnarly like Steve gets them. But what about you, uh, Logan? AC should have been open ceremonies for A1? I think 100%. I mean, he's probably, what, top three? Top three, at least in people, or most famous riders that people Favorites, yeah, crowd favorites. Everybody. I mean, who do you know that doesn't like AC? So I definitely think he should be in opening ceremonies for this. It would have been great for Betts to come out, too, with him. That would have been awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the Dig Dugs buying nachos, guys, I think it's funny, but I don't have any problem with that. I mean, Dig Dug's got to eat too, right? I mean, Logan, have you got the boys got to eat? Absolutely. Yeah, and All I mean, power to them. Stadium nachos are fucking good, man. Really, <laughs> Bet should have bought the dude nachos. That's what he should have done. He should have paid for his nachos. Oh, for sure. Uh, all right, let's move on to Nick. Nick Still, Trent Mar. I got a question oh, yeah, go about ahead. the Dig Dug. Actually, okay, let's do it. Like Bet said, he left his helmet on. Yeah, while he was getting the nachos, like, did he leave the helmet on while he was eating the nachos? I have to assume so. (laughs) Steve said it's like a rule; they have to leave it on. I can't imagine why they. I I would think they have to leave it on on the on this track 
on the floor, <laughs> but like, why would you have to leave it on when you go in the stadium? That's weird. I know it, it is just like weird, dude. Can you imagine <laughs> I'm gonna do that? That. that was funny. That poor guy, like having to like, oh, I got 15 minutes before you know the night show or whatever. I'm gonna run up with my helmet on and stand in line and get food. That's crazy. <laughs> what? A, I mean, I'd like to have like a vlog of that guy's day. And do you think he was the guy that almost got hit by Mookie? Yeah, or the guy that was standing like in that video that got released today. Um, when Malcolm and is yelling at Marv there, there's like a dig dog, like standing in between them. Like, <laughs> yeah. like he's going to break up a fight or something. Dude, we need a dig dog vlog for sure. Yeah. We got to make that happen. I'm going to, I'm going to hit Sean Brennan up about that. Uh, okay. But Nick, Nick still Trent Marr, motor limited guys all the way from over, all the way from Australia. Trent's very first time in the United States period. Nick's done a couple of super crosses in the past, uh, as fans, they, they're in studio with Pulp. How do you, you kind of mentioned it, but Logan, how do you think they did other than they barely speak English? <laughs> I think they're sick. Yeah, they're good. I think dudes. they're really cool. I think they're very knowledgeable when it comes to the sport. Uh, it's just cool hearing Australian accents straight up. Uh, no, nah, yeah, I think yeah. they're cool. For let, sure. me, let me be Kiefer creepy here for a minute. I was hanging out, I hung out with those guys the whole weekend. I was over at their hotel and Trent was uh, FaceTiming his wife and. Like, I can't see. They're just talking, but I'm sitting there on the floor looking at my phone, and I just hear this sexy Australian accent. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Dude, I was like, dude, your wife's voice is so sexy, bro. And so so I, I talked to her for a minute. He's like, oh, Dark Side's over here trying to get in her DMs. And I'm like, nah, we're, already, we're already in each other's DMs. I've already talked to her a few times. <laughs> she was cool, though, man. So, you know, the, the fact that Trent is married and has a couple kids, and she's cool with him being over here for now two weeks. That's pretty rad. But those guys do love the sport. I think they did a great job, uh, Travis, on the show. I will say, for people that didn't know, and I don't know if Steve even knows this, uh, Nick, or Trent could not hear any of the audio coming through the headphones. He couldn't hear the callers. He was pretty quiet. I noticed, like, I was like, why is he not talking? The only thing he could hear was what the guys were saying in studio live. So... I was like, why didn't you tell Steve? He's man, I didn't want to be that guy and slow the show down. So he just dealt with it. But yeah, unfortunately there was a technical issue. So that's why Trent was kind of quiet, but they, I think they did a great job, uh, Travis. Oh yeah. That's a tough situation to be in, but yeah, no, I thought they did a good job. And, um, <clears throat> you know, like I said I, earlier, I, I haven't listened to a ton of their stuff, but yeah. like, um, they, they do a good job on what I've heard and yeah, they were good on the show and, I think that, that, you know, for them to come over here, you know, that shows a lot of, you know, commitment on them wanting 100%. to do a good job of what they're doing. So, um, yeah, I can respect that a lot. Yeah, you got to give a shout out to Sean Brennan for getting them credentials. Uh, shout out to Steve for letting them come in the studio. We know he's kind of weird about that. My boy TJ was very butthurt again because he's like, okay, Steve's met me. Steve will not let me come in studio. I'm on the Moto X Pod show. But he lets these two guys come in studio. So TJ was a little bit butthurt again, but I still feel like those guys deserved it. I feel like TJ deserves it too, to be honest. Um, but yeah, they did a great job. You're, you're right. They're very knowledgeable. They love the sport. Dude, seeing them, and again, we're off pulp a little bit, but seeing them in the press box during opening ceremonies, like they got out of their seats, they went down to the balcony, and they were like little kids going to their first Supercross. They fucking loved it, man. It was so rad. Uh, I, I just I love those guys, man. They're good, good dudes, and yeah, I'm ha- I'm happy for them. So, 
Thank you, Steve. Have for, they been over here before? Nick like, has. To, to, Nick Nick has. He's been a couple times. He's been to races he's, as a fan, never as media. They didn't know anybody really. Um, you know, the, the the backstory is Nick started helping me with notes on the wrap-up show like a year and a half ago. And the very first time I ever went in studio for Pulp, I knew I wasn't going to be able to put all my shit together, my notes, because I, I wasn't going to be able to do it while I was on the show. So I asked Nick to help me, and he made he put all the notes together, had timestamps, and then we just kind of became buddies. So I started, you know, I did their show, they do my show, they help with the wrap-up show all the time. I started kind of getting them a little bit of connection, like with Daniel Blair, and let him he came on their show. I got them hooked up with Michael Mosem, and he came on their show. Started making them connections. That's how our friendship kind of grew. And, uh, you know, they, they eventually, like I said, they came over here this weekend and killed it. And uh, it's been good. Yeah, so if you guys want to listen to the Motor Limited show, there's some really good stuff. They, they focus a lot on their Australian stuff along with the pro stuff, but they have some really good interviews with, like, Michael Moseman, Sean Brennan, Daniel Blair. They've all done the show. They, they've done some long interviews that are really good. So check that out, man. Um, sorry, Steve, if that was not cool to go off topic, but, you know, we do that anyway. A uh, few more things. Jason Anderson's gear got brought up. I don't think anybody liked his red boots in studio. I don't think anybody liked his red boots with his green gear. I liked it. I actually even sent him a message. I, I, I messaged him. I was like, dude, I think that was a fire setup, but it seems like a lot of people didn't like it. What do you think, Travis? Um, yeah, I didn't mind it. Um, I, I guess it was better than uh, Starling's blue boots. Uh, yeah, with, ouch. Uh, we love Justin, you know, man. I love Justin. Yeah, no, nothing against him. Just, uh, but I guess the the off color boots to the gear. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of that in general. So I didn't think on Jay's kit it looked like pretty good. Yeah, but uh, I, I yeah I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of that. I don't usually like it either. I don't know why that. Like when he was on the track, I was like, huh, it just caught my attention. I kind of dug it the red with the green. I'm not sure why. Uh, Logan, you, I mean, I know you're a style guy, so you probably didn't like it either. No, I actually thought it looked, I didn't think it looked too bad. I didn't okay. really pay much attention to it on race. Day. I actually just, I'm looking at his Instagram right now as you guys brought that up to look at it. But I mean, there's a little bit of red on his gear. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it kind of offsets it. Not, not too bad. I dug it. I, I mean, dug I'd it. Run, I'd run it. Just something I wanted to bring up. Uh, we had a caller that was, I thought was very awkward. Misbehaving. She's seventh in fantasy. Oh, God. She had zero idea what was going on. She didn't know about the Manscaped stuff, uh, the jokes, but she's seventh in fucking fantasy. But I, I don't know, man. She didn't, she was not, Logan, she wasn't a fan of the show, clearly. No. I think uh, <laughs> I was losing it. We were golfing today and we were listening to it. Like, yeah. They brought something about, something up about getting Manscaped. She's like, Huh? What? Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. Repeat the <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah, repeat the question. And then eventually Kiefer just had to be so blunt. He's like, shaving your nuts or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you, like it hairless down there. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. hair. No it, hair. It was very awkward. Uh, but it was. She, she didn't understand, like, oh, I can't pick them again. How am I going to win? <laughs> yeah. I, I would like, like, I want whoever got her involved with fantasy to call in and explain that. Yeah, like I want misbehaving to just take her seventh place and just shove it, man. Because <laughs> that ain't gonna happen again. <laughs> no, no. Well, Dude. Travis, you got like ten thousand. So I mean, there's yeah. a little bit of hate for that, you know. You got ten thousand. Salty. 
Oh yeah, I think wow, I'm you killed eleven. It. Eleven thousand, man. I got some <laughs> issues going on. Well, are we talking overall or championship? Oh, overall. Overall, I am eighteen thousand and seventeenth. I didn't know there was that many people playing. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Like it's Dude. getting a little out of control. There's two hundred people playing. Yeah. Like it, you got to absolutely crush it, Dude, man. I if had, you're gonna win. I had swole, Amart. Um, Ooh. I'm blanking now. I had like two or three people that didn't make it at all. Yeah. Did I you had, pick me? You didn't pick me. I changed you out, dude. I screwed uh, myself. I know. We talked about it, and then I, I wasn't a. I wait. wasn't a great pick, but I mean, it was it was all right. I got double, but nothing nothing great. Yeah, I I changed you for somebody that did terrible, and I can't even remember who my team was now. I blocked it out. Serves but, you right. Yep, you're right. Serves but I, you, you know right. what that means, though. I got you this week. Uh, I'll be a good pick this weekend. That's for sure. Yeah. So it, it was bad, dude. I mean, I my, I got 137 points. That's what I got. Oof. Really, rough, man. really bad. But that's all right. I'm gonna win next week, and I'm gonna turn it around. Yeah, that actually is pretty bad, Dark Side. Oh, it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I like quit. I quit looking halfway through the 450 main. It just didn't matter anymore. I didn't care. Uh, my group texts were exploding, and I wouldn't look. It doesn't matter. I sucked. You know, and yeah, honestly, I, I usually will like go back and look at my team and all that. And yeah, I, after my, I had two guys not in the main, I literally didn't even check my, my team during the main events. I just watched the main events, like didn't even worry about it. Cause it was like, yeah, it's over. Yeah. It's, it's, there was no, yeah, no going back. It was uh, just a bad night. So that's all you right. You know, I got not, you know, I got like seventh in industry idiots last year, dark side in the outdoors. How much money did you make off that? A thousand bucks, bro. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I only ever played it once, dude. And I went out on top, dude. I was not even about to sign up for that because I don't feel like losing a hundred dollars. Because I'm not going to make any money back. It's just not going to happen. I'm almost yeah. at this point, probably like a thousand dollars deep. <laughs> All the times I've played industry idiots, I've won <laughs> back eighteen dollars. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, that's great. Uh, okay, let's wrap this thing up. I got two more, two or three more things. Uh, the Phil stories, Phil mad at the kid with the Gucci flip-flops and freaking out about a snake. I love Phil stories, Travis. I love them. I don't care what they're about. I don't care what the the outcome is. Phil stories are my favorite. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Phil. Like, it, he's like so it's like he's guilty, but he's also so innocent. So you can like, even though he, him getting pissed at the kid about the Gucci's is kind of a dick move. Yes. Like you still love the story. But you still love it. Yeah. Like, like I don't even feel bad for the kid. I just no. think it's funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, good stuff. Uh, Jet came up. I didn't, and I think it was talking, they were talking about the press conference, I believe, and how Christian's response was because they brought up Jet to Hunter and Chris kind of made the the comment like if they keep shoving him down our throats, eventually people are going to start hating on Jet. And do you do you feel that way, Logan? Like too much of a good thing is not is can go bad. Like they need to back off a little bit, especially when it comes to Hunter. I think at some point Hunter's going to get fucking tired of that. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Like I feel like it's shitty to say, but it, it's Hunter's almost. Just Jet's brother, you know? Yeah, it's not That's cool, how man. people think of him. And he's a race winner. Like, he could potentially win this championship, and he's not really thought at as somebody like that. But, yeah, I totally get that. But 
I mean, yeah, I mean, I think they blow Jed up a little bit, but I mean, I mean, I, I would hope they blow me up, you know, if, if I was Jed. I mean, that kid's that. banking so much cash doing everything that he's doing right now, but. <laughs> yeah, got to make it what you can, jealous, I guess. Man. Yeah, oh, man. Well, Hunter, Hunter is my favorite Lawrence brother. I got nothing against Jed, but Hunter's my boy. Oh, I have a little Hunter story. Okay, let's do it. In uh, In the tunnel this weekend, Hunter was pushed. So in the tunnel this weekend, they had you like walk halfway around the stadium underneath the, the bleachers and yeah. hunter was pushing his bike the whole way while his mechanic was walking behind him and then when he got to where i was sitting i looked at him i was like you know what dude he's like what i was like dude i respect the shit out of that that you're actually your factory boy and you're pushing your own damn bike he's like you know what yeah you gotta stay humble i'm like yeah i like you that's cool right because he is very humble man you know and i'm not saying yeah. the jet is too to i mean i think from what i've seen but they're just good kids man hunter I like he likes the same kind of music I do, so I I felt like a little connection with him, and he's just he's just a good kid, man. He's always he was one he's the first Hunter or the first Lawrence brother that I interviewed. Um, I dig I dig Hunter a lot, so yeah, good kid. Stop bringing up Jet to Hunter. Like I mean, he he'll answer your question, he'll be respectful, but damn, he doesn't want to hear about Jet all the time. Uh, I agree. It's yeah. it's hard to deal with. Like I I hundred percent agree with the idea that we're getting jet like shoved down our throats mm. like and like it fe- almost feels like it's like disingenuine like now like anything jet does it almost feels like an act you know yeah, like that, yeah. that's how i feel about it you know i it's, see where you it's can... kind of it's kind of just like a it's a show at this point almost you know which sucks for I mean, it's great for his bank account, I guess, but... Yeah, I mean, um, Mer- Mertz is doing a great job, right? That Mertz is doing his job. Marketing, marketing, yeah. marketing. Putting him out there. It's a short window, Logan you, you and Travis. You guys know it's a short window to be at the top of this sport, and they're going to do everything, take all they can while they can, and that there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's it's a short career over a long life. He's got to he's got to do everything he can. Nope, I, I have nothing against that, but my I don't even mind all the the donut stuff and all the, the, the marketing we see, the only thing that really bothers me is that Hunter gets asked about jet a lot. And I, I try to not do that. And I wish other people would too. talk to Hunter about Hunter as much as you can. So anyway, yeah, I agree. All right. Last thing <clears throat> Kiefer after dark, uh, and Talon, Talon, Taylor, producer, Talon, Taylor, no sex for a year. The Ryan no, Rhino no masturbating. It was a very awkward Kiefer after dark. Uh, you guys don't have to comment in, comment on it if you don't want to, but I feel like knowing you, Logan, you will. So I'm going to go to you first. Oh yeah, no, I think it was freaking hilarious. I love Kiefer after dark. Personally, like I wish I could get in on the Kiefer after dark because I love talking. Yeah, about shit me like too. That. Both <laughs> fucking times I was in the studio, Kiefer was with me. Both fucking times we ran out of time, they decided to do, do no Kiefer after dark. Oh yeah. man, yeah, hurts. Bullshit. I get upset when Kiefer's on, and then there's no Kiefer after dark. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, but you enjoyed. But it wasn't really did. like a lot of. There wasn't really like a lot of questions. There was, was no help. Like the, nope, no help. This no, week. not at all. I like those. I, I mean, do this, too. I mean, it was funny talking about like the rhino shit and stuff like that. And but it was Alan, more. It was more I, like I a like rant. Yeah, it's more like a race yeah. tech Kiefer after dark yeah. rant than. He didn't help anybody this week. I don't think. Maybe he did. Who knows? Maybe somebody. Maybe somebody will feel more comfortable to masturbate now. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, Travis. 
<laughs> yeah, I felt better. Way better now. You feel better about yourself? You feel better about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why that's why Travis wasn't A one this weekend. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. He said to put in work in the hotel room. Right. Grill your ass off, Kiefer after dark. All right, I want to thank all of our sponsors, Motorsport.com, Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and all the other Pulpamex sponsors to keep these shows going. Pulpamexshow.com. Click on the sponsor deal tabs. There are discount codes. There are links. If you can't find a link or discount code for a particular sponsor, use the contact form on Pulpamexshow.com, and Steve will do his best to help you out. Uh, I appreciate everybody that helps us out. It means a lot. If you have any thoughts, questions, comments, uh, criticisms, any thoughts on Jamie versus Darkside, any of that kind of stuff, hit me up at darkside at pulpmx.com. Logan, before we go, is there anything that I did not touch on that you wanted to touch on? No, dude. I think we pretty much about covered everything. Uh, Travis, you, anything? I think we covered pretty much everything. So, okay. I mean, yeah, we did a good job. I hope so. I think we did. Uh, you never know what Steve's going to say. Oh, and don't forget Cade Clayson coming up. So stay tuned, but I will still tell Steve and I will tell Kiefer, man, fuck you. I'm dark side. We're out. All right. We got a special guest tonight. As I told you guys, SGB Hondas, Cade Clayson joins us to talk about the Pulpamex wrap-up show discussion of him and Marv, him and Amart, and many other things. What's up, Cade Clayson? I'm good. I guess this is going to ruin my Pulp Show experience because I haven't finished listening to the show yet. Well, yeah, it might. Maybe not. I don't know. How far have you gotten in? <laughs> 50 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it might. It might uh, it'll give you something to look forward to. All right, that's fair. So, a couple things you were brought up a few times. Uh, I do. Oh, wanna... once or twice? Yeah, once or twice. Once or twice. So, uh, first thing, the good news is t- at some point in the show, Steve asked who your surprises were, who you were most excited, you know, who you thought did the best, the best improvement. And JT said Cade Clayson. So, look at that. Yeah, there's a little bit of positive, right? JT said something positive about me. He That's did. crazy. He did. So, how does that oh, make man. you feel? Oh, that feels good. I mean, I've only been getting, uh, you know, shit on by Steve all week. So, it's you know, it's nice to flip the script for once. Yeah. How's that been going? It's been, uh, I, I've, I've started chirping back. I'm, I'm over it. But yeah. You're not, you, I mean, you have a tendency to, to get a little bit annoyed. Oh, I mean, him and A-Ray just love to take it over the top. So, I, uh, but it's all good. It's all fun. I mean, I, you know, I told them, I was like, there's nothing I did that I wouldn't do again. So, okay. you, know, have a, you know, it is what it is. Well, like I said, JT did say you were the mo- you were the privateer he was most impressed with in the 450 class. He mentioned Derek Kelly in the 250 class. And then during that same segment, Steve said, you can go fuck yourself, Cade. Uh, that has to be a fantasy. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. This so, is the only reason he's mad. He's not right. mad about any other reason. Other than the fact that I messed up his fantasy team. Well, I think he might not be super stoked on his on what you did the troll train. I don't care. Troll train's fine. I think troll train's okay with it. Well, walk us through that. What what's your uh, what's your side of how that went? No, I mean he just he messed up and was like bouncing his way through the whoops. <laughs> and when I came out, he like went into the berm and went to cut down. And if you watch, he like tries to stand his bike back up to kind of go the other way. Yeah. And, you know, I was already there. Like if he 
wasn't committed to like turning down he stays up in the berm a little bit and like rides the tough blocks and maybe does what marv does when barsha does it to him yep but you know if he doesn't cut down you know i was a good two or three feet over to the side of him so i think a lot of it came because he cut down into me and i was still moving forward with speed and that's why i just obliterated him man like i didn't mean to hit him that hard i meant to more or less stop him at the tough blocks, but he cut down pretty hard. Well, he's got to, you know, he his legs barely reach the ground, so there's not a whole lot of options once he hits the Oh, brakes. dude, if you watch the video, dude, his leg doesn't even touch the ground. Yeah. He's, like, reaching for it. He can't get there. <laughs> I, I saw that from the press box. I haven't had a chance to rewatch the race. I just got home last night. and But, uh, yeah, it's that's uh, that, I, I knew that one really wasn't your fault. Uh, well, I, you know, none of them are really your fault, right? But I want to get into... Now the heat race with Marv, they barely touched on it. I came up to you and I was like, dude, I was, I was bummed because it was so fucking close. Like you, you were almost yeah. there, but like, give us your thoughts on the Marv incident, uh, how that went. You were pissed. Um, you know, I was mad at the end of the race at myself, Yeah, but I was so confused because, and this is why, like, I can't really be mad at him or Frankie or how it happened. Because for two laps, I came around and my mechanic had 10 on my pit board. And I had no idea. Like, I didn't see Marv crash because, like, when I went by Marv down, he was like laying on the concrete. I couldn't see him. I got you. And so I just thought A Ray was the one in ninth. And then the, I guess Alex's mechanic yelled at my mechanic. He's like, dude, Cade's in ninth. Like, you're telling him the wrong spot. He's going to kill Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and, I had no idea. So then I, I put kind of like an aggressive move on Alex and I kind of like stopped him in the corner to make sure he doesn't do something very Alex. And, uh, then I come two turns later and I get eight and I'm like, what the fuck? Right. Yeah. You know, so you were confused. Yeah. And I was super bummed because I was like, shoot, I may have just screwed a Ray because I didn't know who was behind us. And so I'm just pinning it, hoping you know, and then he screwed it up himself. He stalled his bike and fell over. But so then I'm like, I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm good. Like I'm in eighth, you know, and I'm jumping through the rhythm section and I know somebody's back there, but it's not like, you know, I'm not thinking they're going to kill me. And then I come into the turn and I get like obliterated and I, you can see, like I get on the gas to try and like power through and hitting me, but it like rips me off my bike. Yeah. Um, and I like loop out and then I do a front flip um so i you know i was pretty heated afterwards i was like but then i kind of heard through the grapevine that he thought it was for ninth and it's just you know it is what it is like i mean i can't be mad at him i would have done the same thing if i would have thought it was for ninth <clears throat> you know no one wants to be in that race um i had even texted albrecht and stuff i was like dude that was for freaking eighth like what is going on right now like i got annihilated and they were, they showed me video of it and stuff. And <clears throat> I talked to them. I like J bone. He's doing a good job of mm-hmm. doing his job. And, uh, yeah, it just, it sucked. Um, but you know, I mean, someone along the line made a mistake. I mean, my mechanic made a mistake. It was his first supercross, So, you know, he's going to learn, but it is what it is. I can't, you know, sit here and be mad, especially after I go and clean out AMR for fifth. So <laughs> fair enough. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, 
Yeah, but at the same time, it's like I said earlier, like what I did to Amar, like I would I would make that aggressive move every single time. Like he's bouncing his way through the whoops. I'm coming up the inside. And that's what I told him. I was like, look, dude, you bounced your way through the whoops at two miles an hour. And then I came up the inside. You would have should have at least cut over. But, <clears throat> you know, and I think he understands like you can't you can't do that in that race. You know, there's different races where, you know, that's or what I did isn't acceptable, but in that race, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was all, I mean, I was, I thought that the Amar thing was certainly fine. The, the Mar thing, I was definitely disappointed. Cause I was like, you know, I was pulling for you, man, obviously, but, uh, you got in, uh, pretty, I felt like it was a pretty good ride for you in the main, considering how bad the track was. And we're, I know this is for the wrap up show. We're barely talking about pulp stuff, but just getting an update with you. Uh, the guys talked about, I'm sure you've heard some, how beat the track was and how unusual the track was for, uh, a West Coast A1. Uh, so I think just making the main and getting through it, surviving was probably a key for the night. It's kind of crazy. Like, I don't know if it's because our tracks get so gnarly, but like, I didn't really think like the whoops were pretty hammered, but mm-hmm. like my jump line was pretty consistent and easy. Like, I didn't really think the track was that hammered. Like I was still doing two quads and like still doing all my rhythms. I think I three, three, twoed the big rhythm like 18 minutes of the main um i i was more bummed on myself i was i was pretty sick like a week and a half before the race and i haven't been practicing because i uh broke my cases on my practice bike so like i had no idea how i was going to feel for 20 minutes and i was pretty nervous at the beginning of it and i kind of just rode my laps and like picked some people off and then i got to Freddie and I'm like, dude, there's only like six minutes left. Like I got this all day and I like actually started riding pretty good. So, you know, I think I have a lot more in me as far as main event wise. I think I could easily be right there with heart raft, you know, then I get two spots basically if I can get heart raft because he passed Shane at the end too. So I'm more than happy with how the first round went and I just got to figure out my starts. My starts are so bad. Well, yeah, that's that's the key for a lot of guys, right? I mean, a lot of the the elite riders or whatever are struggling with that. That's that's definitely the thing that separates those. Just, a, I mean, a few tents really gets you a lot of positions. Yeah, exactly. A few tents and just starting up front and being yeah. able to follow the dudes who have a little bit more than you is right. You know, it just helps with angles and stuff like that. Picking it up, you know, stupid things make it make things so easy i watch back film and stuff from the weekend and i'm just like dang like he blew through that so fast like why was i popping it so much or you know it just it it sucks afterwards because it's like oh dang that looks really easy for that guy why the heck wasn't i doing it like uh yeah that? yeah that makes sense but, uh so uh so no no payback coming for marv i mean no if i was gonna pay him back i just wouldn't have moved out of his way when i got the blue flag all right but, fair enough Fair enough. You know, I'm not, I'm not here to, you know, I'm not here to get him back. Like it I was know. like, if it was a true mistake, like if he truly thought it was for ninth, then I can't even be mad because I've cleaned people out just like that for the same position. Of course. So like no one wants to be in the next race. So, yep. um, yeah, I can't even be mad at it. I mean, I've talked to Amar. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he paws into me. I'm not super nervous about it. I mean, dude's like freaking 30 pounds. <laughs> i joke around but yeah like, seriously like i think people kind of took it over the top i've gotten some like dude some pretty like hateful stuff like amar is a good friend of mine like i would never like intentionally like try to hurt the guy 
you know, but um, it's just so unnecessary how many like DMs like he, he so like afterwards, like as a joke, like everyone saw Barsha buy some uh, team fried stuff. So I bought some Amart stuff. This is a joke really for yeah. him. And, troll, troll I, and he screenshotted it and posted it when he got the order and he like barely blacked out some of the stuff and like on Instagram when you do it, it's not pure black. So like if you don't go over it a couple times, you can kind of see through it. And you could still read my phone number. So like all these kids and dude, even like some grown adults were calling me. Like I got like 12 phone calls and they were all just like, dude, calling me a piece of shit, telling me how much I sucked. And I'm like, I'm like, it took me like four phone calls until one of the guys was like, no, man, I'm totally kidding. Like, I just wanted to see if this was actually your phone number. Your number is visible on Amart's post. And then by the time I finally got him to take it down, like, dude, people were just like going off. And I'm just, this is so stupid. Well, this segment is not as funny as I wanted it to be now. Because, yeah, a guy called in uh, about that. And he's, I guess he was the one that told you, hey, Amart posted it. And it was a really funny story. Uh, but, yeah, uh, like that dude, like he texted me after. Yeah. He's like, hey, man, I'm sorry. Like, I just, I was kind of just joking around. I'm like, no, dude, it's cool. Like, you were, you were funny. Like, he was, he was nice and just kind of joking around about it. And, but like some of the dudes were like kind of assholes. And, um, no figure. But I mean, it is what it is. Like, I mean, I'm not, you know, here to, you know, whine. You know, I don't really care. But it's just kind of unnecessary. Like, I'm here to do a job. I don't really care if somebody is a big Amart fan and they want to call me a piece of shit. You know, it is, you know. It's ridiculous, though. Like, I mean, we're changing subjects a little bit, but yeah, people take some of this stuff way too serious. Like, the people that don't really understand how things work, like the fact that you and Amart are buddies, you know, and it's not. It's not like you were trying to kill him or just anything with these keyboard warriors get involved with and they take a side like you'll wait till you get towards the end of the show. When, when I call in the Kiefer and Steve just wear me out. And, oh, I heard about it. I okay. did hear about that. Yeah, yeah. So I've gotten, I don't know, 75 DMS today and, and people are just a lot of them are on my side. They're like, Kiefer's an asshole. Steve's an asshole. I'm like, guys, it's a joke, man. It's a joke. Like, yeah, they just don't, I, you know, they don't quite, grasp that a lot of it's a joke yeah <clears throat> no totally and i mean like steve may be like totally shitting on me on the sto- show but he's like a really good friend of mine of course you know? like he doesn't actually care like he would be generally upset with me if i if trolls anyone gotten hurt where i would be very upset with myself like i would hate that but you know he's just giving me a hard time because he's my friend you know where i feel like sometimes people think he's like serious and it's like okay for random people to completely annihilate other people like if i was jumping in other people's if i was jumping in fans dms telling them that yeah like like it would be chaos of course of course so well but i mean you know it is what it is like it kind of comes with the territory but i also don't think people realize like how much we're like financially incentivized to make the main like it is a huge difference for me or for a ray really anybody to make the main i mean every one of my sponsors pay me almost double to make the main Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's big. So it's, it's kind of crazy, but you know, those four minute LCQs mean a lot to a lot of people. Of course. Yeah. Well, I think you did a good job. I think it was a very entertaining race, uh, an entertaining pulp show. Alex is the guy that called in and I guess the one that or called you and that called in about it. Uh, it was a funny story, man. The way he was talking about it is like, fuck you, fuck my, you know, my fantasy down. And he, he felt bad. He said, cause he really didn't get a chance to tell you he was joking. Cause you just hung up to call Alex, I guess. 
but then he did mention that he texted you later. But I, I mean, it had us all in stitches laughing about it. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not gonna lie, like that dude was funny. Yeah, like he was like, "Oh, dude, you just screwed my fantasy." I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'm like, "Oh yeah," like people, you know how many people a weekend tell me I screw their fantasy team? Like, usually it's at least my my bad riding that screws it, not me cleaning out somebody else. Um, but yeah, dude, it was like, I don't know, just some, like I don't need to t- say what people were saying, but it was just kind of like ridiculous, like completely unnecessary. Like I hung up on like everyone like halfway through of them shitting on me but yeah that's not cool at all not cool it's funny yeah. that your number got posted but it's not cool the response not cool at all yeah i mean i don't like if a bunch of people would have called me just to call me it would have been one thing but yeah, yeah they were just being douchebags all right okay before i let you go uh how is that race tech check-in dude race check check-in was good uh got some fresh stuff picked up some more stuff yesterday love those guys good friends of mine been with them for a long time uh yeah couldn't it was basically felt like home when i got to drive over there when i got out here and drop some stuff off pick some stuff up see all my friends yeah race tech a big sponsor of pulpamex and i I brought it up just because i interrupted your 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 race tech my meeting you interrupted my meeting yeah your meeting meeting. right there at the truck you know i mean i'm sorry dude you're free game you're outside i was half inside half outside that's the doorway well i got i got what i needed i got my piece whatever all good no i appreciate it thanks for calling me Absolutely, Kay. Take care, man. We'll talk to you soon, and uh, good luck in Oakland, dude. Yeah, man. Later. All right. See ya. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? <laughs>